The holiday season's here, and Sock Club is delivering the perfect gift experience. Remind your loved ones that you care each month with quality American-made socks. The socks are sent straight to their door, featuring different designs and a personal note every month that can be customized before each shipment. I am a Sock Club member. It is exciting. I get home, I see the Sock Club envelope. I got I got new socks, and I'm psyched. The designs are great. It's genuine. It sounds so simple. It's because it is. Go to SockClub.com slash beautiful. Get 15% off using discount code beautiful at checkout. That's SockClub.com. Dot com slash beautiful. Give a little reminder of your love every month. Give Sock Club. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website. It's a very important thing. Take it from me. I'm, you guys know I'm, some, I, I'm all over the map. I got a million different products. The website unifies all of them. You showcase your work. You're, you can blog. You can publish content. You sell products and services all in a few clicks. You can customize everything too, from how it looks and feels, all the settings, the products. You use beautiful templates created by world-class designers, and you don't have to install or patch or upgrade anything ever. Squarespace makes it really easy to make a website that's yours. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code CG to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hello to everybody who's ever had a real bad time at Disney World. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous, another episode, this thing keeps trucking, it refuses to die. Yeah, actually, I don't know why I said that, it's it's by far the most stable, successful thing I've ever been a part of. It's, uh, it's just like a nice, peaceful, community-driven thing that I am very appreciative of, so thank you guys for being a part of it. Uh, the Chris Gethard Show is a thing that's always under threat of dying. Our last episode on True TV is this Thursday, and then we're off for four months. I get to take a break from that. You guys get to, I will no longer complain or beg in reference to the TV show. Thanks to everybody who supports the TV show. Last week's episode, a lot of people really enjoyed this one with this cadaver, the cadaver medical student telling us I thought it was going to get gross. A lot of people said they were mad because they were eating their breakfast when they listened to it, as she talked about you know, slicing up eyeballs and whatnot, to quote the Pixies. Um, this this comment I really enjoyed. This is in the beautiful anonymous, the community on Facebook, which I hope you'll join if you haven't joined yet. It's, it's a very, very warm, positive place. Donna says, I have signed the paperwork already to have my body donated to the cadaver lab. As a teacher, it is my final lesson planned. Thought that was really great. But caller, people really loved you. Someone said, Adrian said, listened on my run, was winding down a pathway when the caller mentioned how much fat is in the human body, had a very graphic recollection of every time I trim fat off of raw chicken. A lot of comments like that of this week's episode. And man, did I laugh while I was reading them. Thank you guys for being a part of the group. This week's episode coming up, uh, what will I say about this one? It is grim. Uh, it is pretty intense. I would say that you might want to brace yourself because there's some stuff that's uh, abusive. There's abuse. There's uh, That comes up, domestic abuse, emotional manipulation, emotional abuse. It tumbles downhill is the way I would say in the sense that it is fascinating from the start but pretty tense. And then you think maybe the tension's breaking and then new specifics come up that make it even more tense. 
I liked it, is what I'm saying. It's tough. You know, we talk about real life on this show. We talk to real people about real life. Real life's not always uh, pleasant. Sometimes people are caught in the middle of situations that uh, I, I can't imagine. So I hope our caller's out there doing well. I hope our caller got something out of talking, getting this off of their chest. And uh, I hope the caller sorts out what sounds like a, a, a still currently intense situation. So I've teased that enough, huh? You got everybody's chomping at the bit to get to the phone call. I say we do it. Enjoy the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hello. How are Chris? you? Yes, hi. I'm hi. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. It's Friday. I'm out of work. <laughs> Get a weekend ahead of me. Get to talk to you for an hour. It's a pretty good, pretty good way to end the week. <laughs> and your uh, show is going to come back in the spring, right? Yeah, we just announced last night ten more episodes, so I get to. Uh, That's awesome. The the listeners of Beautiful Anonymous can I, I, they won't hear me complaining or stressing about that until maybe mid April. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think everybody oh, agrees. Well, I. <laughs> Oh, I love your show. I, I just watched it last night. I was just telling Jared this because I, w I fell asleep watching your show last night. I watched the Halloween episode. Oh, nice. And I had a dream. I've been reading your book, by the way, as well. So Thanks. I had a dream last night that you were driving me around in a car. I can't really remember anything else with the dream, but you were wearing your rabbit suit. <laughs> <laughs> and you're driving me around. And um, then I wake up to read your last chapter, last two chapters, the jiu-jitsu chapter and the chapter on road tripping. And wow. I was just, I was, I was floored. I'm like, okay, I had a dream with Chris driving me around car. Last chapter is about road trips. And then I get through to Beautiful Anonymous for the first time today. So I'm having a weird day. <laughs> very, it feels very meant to me. And let me tell you something. You got through today. I think we're going to break our call-in record attempt. We've got uh, over 13,000 call attempts right now, and you got through. So this was meant to be. I think so. I'd have to agree with that. Let me go out to my car. Can you still hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Okay, because you were breaking up. I just want to make sure. And plus, then you don't have to compete with my dogs who are barking. Is that what was going on? So. They're very loud, very loud dogs. <laughs> There is a lot that goes on at my house. I have four girls. I have four daughters um, and uh, two dogs. You have four daughters, um, two dogs. That's a packed house. It is. <laughs> and I used to have a black cloud of a husband, and he's gone. Whoa. Now, but <laughs> Whoa. Know. Wait, a, you just dropped that in. Just dropped a bomb right there. Uh, I have to say, this is really strange for me. I cannot believe I'm on the phone with you. <laughs> it's it's going to um, fly yeah. by. I have a feeling it is because I have a lot to say. So let me just get down to it. <laughs> um, I just came from a therapy session, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, uh, yeah, I have four daughters. My oldest is 16 and my youngest is nine. Wow. And I have to... Yeah, have to remember to keep this anonymous and not say names and stuff, right? So, yeah, and we'll bleep them um, if they come up. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, 
I met my husband when I was 18 and um, basically uh, he was a very controlling person who was very manipulative and um, gosh, I don't even know where to start with that. Uh, but I finally made it out of the, out of that. Um, and yeah, uh, um, I, um, grew up in, uh, Texas actually. So, and I don't live there anymore, not living there anymore, but, um, I grew up in Texas. I grew up very poor. I basically used to play with roaches when I was a child because wow. there was nothing weird weird about that. <laughs> what would you play with? What um, kind of roach? What kind of games do you play with roaches? <laughs> well, as a little girl, um, my house was completely infested with roaches, and they would float in the bathtub when I was taking a bath. And I would try to save their lives by putting them on um, the washcloth and putting them on the side so that they wouldn't die. So that's the kind of game I played with roaches. Wow. I know, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's, more, it, it's more a bummer. That's a bummer. I mean, you're very nice trying to save the roaches, but hearing that about a little kid in a bathtub playing games with all the roaches, that's, that's, that's stark imagery. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I also had to, we had to heat up water on the stove for our baths because we didn't have um, hot water heater for a very long time. Um, so I grew up in this in this house that where it was just disgusting all the time. Like my mother didn't, didn't um, clean, the, clean the house. If I wanted to have, have friends over, I had to clean the house. Um, I, my parents never told me that they loved me ever. I think the first time I heard it was when I went off to college. My mother said, I love you. And I burst into tears because they had never said this to me before. I was that kind of upbringing where just very, I basically raised myself. I was always like, um, way above my years in age, like I called like three going on 20 kind of thing. I was just always the kind of a, um, a good girl who stayed out of the way um, and raised myself. I, I just, you know, I'm a very intelligent person who um, made it out, I'd have to say. I knew that I did not want to stay in Texas. Um, so the first person I meet who who I feel is, I, I walk into my calculus class and my calculus TA is who I ended up marrying and why? Because he was so confident and he was, he was so smart and I was immediately attracted to him. And, um, he, he had a way of putting his hooks into me because I was so, he, he provided what I needed all these years. I didn't have the love that I needed. I was constantly searching for, a father figure or a parental figure, and he became this for me because he all he then suddenly I'm with someone who knows exactly what I should be doing, and he would tell me what I should be doing, and it was just refreshing for me. So that he provided what I needed, and um, so it was a very compulsive relationship I was in with my husband. Um, um, he 
manipulated me into believing over a very short time that I had to be having sex with him all the time or, you know. So in the end, it was like if I wasn't providing sex for him or if he said no to sex, then I couldn't. I couldn't even go to sleep because something must be wrong. It was this kind of manipulative relationship where I always had to walk in eggshells watching what I said or what I did or he'd be in bed for days or for at least a day because, well, now I can't function. Like, like I now I can't function. I'm going to have to go to bed and I don't know if I can get out of bed and work today. And that was my fault because of something stupid that I had said. So anyway, am I talking too much? I just, I feel like I've not stopped talking. <laughs> we got an hour to fill. We got an hour to fill. Talk for an hour. I'll just okay. sit here and listen. So wait, how long how long were you married before you had your first daughter? Let's see. I got I was with him for six years before we got married. And then um let's see, my daughter's sixteen. So uh I, I was in medical school when I got married and I dropped out of medical school because that just became too hard. Um I was commuting from the city out to uh I'm about to say where I am. I thought um I was commuting two hours to go to medical school and, um, and that just became impossible. That's just stupid. No one does this. Everybody, all the other medical school students that I knew were able to study with each other and could, you know, had that going for them. I was trying to study on the train, falling asleep. So after two years of medical school, I was completely burned out. And I dropped it to start having children. So I was probably only with my husband two years before I had my first daughter. Married two years. So I was um, married two years, yes, with him for eight. Yeah. And that's when the in-laws started to become ridiculously difficult. Um, when we started having babies and um yeah, I mean, one good example of um, the very controlling nature of my husband is uh, the third baby I had, which was um, um, the first three of my children are very close together. Um, my t- uh, second two are 18 months apart. So the third one was particularly hard for me. Um, and... Uh, they were both, both of my in-laws were there and they had this thing about not breastfeeding your, um, not, 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 let me change that. My, my father-in-law did not see the point in breastfeeding. He thought you should just give a bottle. Why, why, why is this a big deal? Just give her a bottle. Well, as a mother who's been through this twice already, I know that I need to breastfeed on a regular schedule. If I don't, my boobs get all full and they hurt and I'm miserable and I have to, you know, so I was basically breastfeeding around the clock on demand and my baby was only a week old and, um, and I had gone to take a nap and I left instructions that if the baby woke up to come and get me. Well, I couldn't fall asleep. I'm laying there. I couldn't sleep anyway, but I realized it's been a really long time and nobody's come to get me. So I come downstairs to see my husband walking out of his office with the baby on his shoulder and an empty eight ounce bottle. Well, if I ever supplemented, when I supplemented bottles, I would give 
one ounce, a half ounce, eight ounces. That's like both my breasts. <laughs> like that's that's too much. So I'm bursting at the seams here to 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 breastfeed, and my my father-in-law basically looked for an opportunity to give this baby a bottle without me breastfeeding first, even though I'd always given strict instructions that that is never to happen. I always breastfeed first. I blew up at him. I was so angry at that point because I'd already been dealing with all their bullshit for like, sorry, Aunt Karen and Sally. Uh, for um... <laughs> Thank you for including Aunt Karen, by the way. <laughs> she needs to be included. <laughs> um, but uh, so I... I freaked out on him. I did. I was, I I went ballistic. I was so angry because he did this on purpose. There's, he knew this is not how I did things. He knew he was supposed to wake me up. Well, my husband felt like because I yelled at his father, he took me upstairs and threatened to leave me. He said, I, I'm basically told me he was going to divorce me unless I went downstairs and on my hands and knees apologized to his father and because I'm freaked out thinking my husband's going to leave me. I actually believe this. I went down and did it, but all hell was breaking loose. His parents were furious at him for making me do such a thing. They were yelling at him and he's staying there with his arms crossed, just staring down at me, like, you know, making me do it. And Wait. then his mother's dinner time, so his mother's trying to feed me. Go ahead. You said he made you get down on your hands and knees and apologize? Yeah. Well, my knees and like hands together and apologize. Like beg forgiveness yeah. on your knees. But and even his parents who you're apologizing to are going, hey, this is over the line. But he's on a power trip. He's on a power trip. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And my kids are like yelling. My, my my daughter, who was only three and a half, my oldest was saying screaming stop it stop it um because everybody's screaming and my then my my um my mother-in-law is trying to feed me because she has been cooking for us because you know I'm a new mom or not a new mom but you know I just given birth so she's trying to put food in front of me and he's standing over me going don't you eat that you don't you eat her food like that she made for you, you don't deserve to eat that, something of this effect. And she's like telling him to shut up and screaming at him in the language that they speak. And, um, and while the, my two babies, uh, two older babies are, are like in hysterics at this point. Did you so, say in the, lang- in the language yeah, that they speak? I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> oh no, that's okay. I'm just picturing a scene. So there's they're screaming in English. They're screaming in another language. There's random babies screaming. This is just chaos. It's just chaos. It's absolute chaos. I feel at one point like I'm about to pass out because of the adrenaline rush that I'm getting from just the situation. Um, yeah. I, he's also the kind of guy who, if someone was at the house, but he felt he had to speak to me about something like one time I was going to leave with a friend to go somewhere and um, it would always be like, can I speak to you for a minute? Like with a stern voice, my friend and I would look at my friend like, okay, I'm sorry. I'll be one minute. And I'd be gone for about 45 minutes while he got, I don't know, lectured me on something until, because he would catch me at moments where I would have to agree with him on whatever it was. You know, 
I, he knew I needed to go, so I had to agree with him to go. So that's that was his manipulative way of of getting me to do that was. So I, he wants to talk to me for twenty hours straight over something. <laughs> he lectured you <laughs> for twenty hours. only gave me breaks. He would only give me breaks to go feed the girls, and then come back up to talk more. So this is an abuse. Yeah, and this was okay. Oh, totally emotionally, psychologically, not physically, but yes. It didn't ever and get physical. Only no, not really. If anyone got physical, it was me. Because at, especially towards the end there, I was just such an angry person that it didn't take much to send me over the edge for me to start beating the crap out of him. You did. Like, you gave it to him a couple times. Of course. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So how? Okay. Yeah. So, towards the end there. So you're you grow up young. You grow up. It sounds like there's squalor. There's poverty. Tough situation. Mm -hmm. Smart person. Make your way up charismatic guy, position of authority, finds it turns out he's an emotional abuser, keeps you under his thumb, yeah. he's trying to play all these games. How do you get out? How do you finally draw a line? That's not an easy one to get out on, let alone well, when you got four kids. Not at all. It was not easy at all, and that is a really long story, so I'll get started. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, first I hate to laugh at that setup, but it was what a charming setup for something that promises to be one of the grimmest things I've ever heard. That feels like as good a point as any to pause, hit the pause button. Everybody take a breath. Everybody take a break. We got some ads coming up. And I know a lot of times during the more intense episodes of this podcast, people say, hey, these ads, they uh, right in the middle of all this intensity. It's, it's tough. I get it. Just remember that because of our sponsors, because of our advertisers, that's why the show gets out there for free and uh, stories get sh uh, shared. So I'm very grateful. We'll be right back with more phone call. Today's show is brought to you by Zelle. Zelle is a new way to send money to your friends and family from your banking app. Cash, it's easy to lose and checks take a while to clear. But with Zelle, once you're enrolled, the money moves right between bank accounts and typically arrives in minutes. Pay your share of the cost of dad's gift, request half the cost of the Christmas tree you bought with your roommate, or pay that personal trainer you hired after Thanksgiving with ease, all thanks to Zelle. It's easy to use, and it works with almost anyone with a bank account in the U.S. And don't worry, Zelle is safe. It's backed by major banks, which means you can send money confidently. Just go to Zelle Pay to learn more. That's Z-E-L-L-E-P-A-Y dot com, Zelle. This is how money moves. I'm happy to tell you guys that my friend, good pal of mine, comedian and writer Michelle Wolf, is bringing her sharp humor to HBO in her debut stand-up special, Michelle Wolf, Nice Lady. Can't stress enough, guys. And you know, comedians, we are protective. I'm not going to recommend anybody that I don't believe in. Michelle is one of the hardest working people out there. Writes hard-hitting jokes. Thoughtful person. Good commentary on things around you in the world today. Michelle Wolf is so rad. Such a good friend, and I want you to go out, watch her HBO special, Michelle Wolf, Nice Lady. It was taped at the Skirball Center in New York City. It uh, hilariously showcases Michelle's signature voice. She takes on all sorts of topics, including surprising thoughts on feminism, always smart takes on that, the environment, how nature is sexist, the mystery surrounding public bathrooms, why Hillary Clinton could not be a nice lady, how it's easier to conceive a baby than to make a croissant, and more of life's everyday 
absurdities. Michelle's the best. There's a reason Vulture named her one of 50 comedians you should know in 2015. It's been hailed as one of the top 10 funniest women in NYC by Time Out New York. Rolling Stone's list of the 25 funniest people on Twitter right now and has been selected as one of the new faces of comedy at the 2014 Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. I'm telling you guys, all the ad copy aside, you're hearing it right now. This is just me talking to you. Michelle Wolf, great comic, great person. I think you'll love her. So excited for my friend Michelle. Make it to HBO. It's super cool. Tune in to see this rising stars stand-up comedy special. Michelle Wolf, nice lady. Saturday, December 2nd, 9 p.m., only on HBO. I'll be watching. I hope you do too. Thank you again to all of our sponsors. Now let's get back to the phone call. And that is a really long story, so I'll get started. <laughs> but um, first, I hate to happened? laugh at that setup, but it was what a charming setup for something that promises to be one of the grimmest things I've ever heard. <laughs> well, um, it started this way. Um, I'll get real graphic here too, uh, eventually, but if you want me to, I, I, okay. How do I start this? We had a girlfriend. We decided to take on a girlfriend. Um, and this is where everything really started to unravel because that is never a good idea. First of all. Um, but when Wait, explain, you were you being, said, a, you said you had yeah. a girlfriend, the two of us decided to take on a girlfriend. Oh, so this was not, I thought you meant like I had a girlfriend, like, Oh, my friend, uh, my friend, Samantha, no, you no. mean like you guys, you, so you entered, uh, an, uh, an open lifestyle sexually. Yes. Um, if you, I guess I, it, well, this is how it turned out. What really happened, I, I always wanted to do it as something that we try a couple of times for fun. He became obsessed with this, and it turned into, um, no, she has to be our girlfriend now. I have to lock this in because I want her to stop having sex with other people. And so why don't we get her an apartment and... Um, and so he really, and because he's so manipulative, I always felt like I couldn't really say no. And he would make it seem like it was such a good idea, this would work out. And even if I had reservations about it, it didn't, it, like, so of course I had reservations. I, I, it didn't make, I didn't think it was a good idea from the get-go, but I went along with it because that's the nature of my relationship with this man. And, um, and... So we had a girlfriend who the girls, my, my girls, and this is so embarrassing. When I think about the girls in this, I, I'm like, what the hell was I doing? But I can't, I can't do that to myself now. It's in the past. But four girls, and they think that this woman is their babysitter. Well, she was, started out as their babysitter. And she's a young girl. And, um, and uh she becomes her girlfriend and goes on trips with us. She's here every weekend, and they just think of her as as their babysitter who's over for mm. the for the weekend. When you say young, how old is this girl? She was twenty four. Okay, I believe, and this was several. This was about four years ago. So we were in our four, uh, just entering our forties, and she was in her twenties. And it just went to hell. Uh, it just, 
I, what I was witnessing was the two of them falling in love, basically, and me taking care of the kids, and um, lots and lots of hurtful things happened there. Like uh, one story is, uh, for instance, well, he would go, he, he they started working together even. Like he hired her in the, to the company. So, and his reasoning for that was when we eventually broke up with her, she would have, at least we would have helped her with her career. Well, that meant that they were spending even more time together, working together and being alone together. And this would make me just so anxious. I would get so much anxiety over this. Um, and, but if I ever called too much, it was like I would get in trouble. And, and, and even to say I would get in trouble, like to me, after being out of this relationship for a year and a half now, when I say, I used to say that all the time, oh my God, if I do that, I'm going to be in trouble. And sometimes people would hear me and be, and say, what do you mean in trouble? (laughs) Yeah, you're a grown up. But I, I'm a grown up. I know, but I was still really a child. I had never grown up and I'm just now growing up. (laughs) I'm 43 years old and finally growing up, finally trying to figure out how to have a healthy relationship. And, and I don't even know what that means. That's why I'm in therapy. I'm trying to figure out what does it even mean to have a normal, healthy relationship and not even just healthy relationship, but, um, even a normal sexual relationship. I don't know what that is. So that's where I am now, but let me get back to my story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot. um, This needs to be like a a triple episode. We're not getting to everything on this one. No offense to you, but to anyone listening, we got 37 minutes left. We're not getting to all of this. There's no way we're going to barely get through the exposition on this one. (laughs) So, um, where was I? What was I talking? Oh, so he's okay. Taking, so they started working together. Yeah, they're working together. Yeah. This twenty-four-year-old lady, who's yeah. a, a, yeah. a couple's girlfriend, but realistically his girlfriend, which makes you you're feeling yes. even, held even more hostage in your role as a mom. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like we would, we would go when we went on vacations together. It became all about her and what she wanted to eat that day, and you know. I don't even know what my girls are thinking. Like if, uh, like in the mornings I would have to help get them all their breakfast on and she's supposed to be helping me do this stuff because she's the quote unquote babysitter, but they would be in the bedroom, like laughing about something. And I don't know what, and I'm like seizing and getting so angry. Cause I'm like, what's going on here? Why is this woman being treated better than I ever was? I don't, I don't get it. And that's where all the trouble started. And so he would, he would go to see her. And, um, if like one time I, I called to find out why I hadn't heard from him so long, it was getting late and he, it was because he had fallen asleep at her apartment and just me questioning this, like, couldn't you have checked in with me to let me know you were going to take a nap? Um, he blew up at me because I was questioning him. So we had this huge fight. Well, the next day I went to see her because I was supposed to go see her anyway. We had planned a day together. Um, and he thought I was going to go see her to have sex with her. Well, I didn't feel like having sex with her. I felt like driving off of a bridge because I just had this horrible argument with him, which lasted basically all night. Um, and But when he, when he found out that I lied to him about 
my nature of my meeting with her, because my nature of my meeting with her became me complaining about him and basically crying to her and her comforting me in this really fucked up way. Sorry, Aunt Karen. Again. No, don't and, don't and, even worry about it at this point. Sorry, don't worry about that. <laughs> but she, um, she's comforting me, and I'm like, I, I'm feeling like dying, really, I, at this point. And but I'm trying to get comfort from the woman who is causing me the pain. But I go back. I tell him, "No, we had a great time. We had sex. That was great." Um, and. When he found out that that was not what happened, he became so furious. He lectured both of us for an entire day separately because we had talked about him during this thing, during our our meeting. And um, then at the end of the day, after all of that, and the two of us are crying, the two of us are like, he made us both swear to never do such a thing again. And then he got in his car and drove to the city and had sex with her to make up with her. And then just came home and went to bed and told me he didn't have to have sex with me that night. He was good. Well, so this guy sounds like a world class creep. Uh, Yeah. He sounds, he sounds more like a, like this sounds almost like a cult leader. This goes beyond abusive to like a borderline cult type of, of uh, yeah, sociopath. Kind of. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, well, how I got away is this. Um, so that's going on. <clears throat> and I started having an affair. Um, I, I've been, I, I had my two dogs. I have, I, uh, Oh, gosh, let me not get too specific. If anybody's listening to this who knows me, is going to know exactly who I am. <laughs> um, anyway, let's all say I, have, I had an affair um, with a man who, of course, I immediately felt drawn to um, for lots of reasons. First of all, he reminds me of my father, which I know is weird, but that's a different subject. Let's not go there. But um, We can't unpack I, all of it, okay? You got to pay it. <laughs> certain point you're gonna have to pay a fee to check all this baggage all right we gotta start this is like delta airline rules you get you can only check so much baggage for free you can't just casually drop that anyway so you're having an affair with this guy who reminds you of your dad (laughs) and um he my husband found out um he kind of i guess i was acting strangely and he cornered me one day even the even the way he cornered me is fucked up. I was in the taking a shower, and mind you, I was never allowed to be even in the bedroom when my husband was showering. But he could just walk in on me whenever. Um, and he confronted me. He said, "I don't believe that you were talking to your mom when you were out taking a walk." And he made me show him my phone. I'm dripping wet, by the way. I'm like naked. He caught me in my most when I'm vulnerable. <laughs> Of course, that was intentional. Um, like, yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, that he looked at my phone and found, you know, out that uh, who I was talking to, and so I had I made up this whole thing about it. it's just a friend, it's nothing. We're just talking on the phone. 
Well, then he started to delve deeper and really start to, um, he went through phone records and things and, um, then he threatened, then he, 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 so he sat me down one day and said, I am going to be able to see your text messages, which I found out later is really not true. He could not have done that. So when he said that to me, I just confessed and I told him the whole, I told him that I didn't think that, um, I could stop seeing the man and that I was in love with him. And, um, of course he was devastated, um, he, of course, talked. This is probably the day that he talked to me for 20 hours. I can't really remember, but this may be the day. Um, he forced me to end the relationship, basically. Well, I decided to. You can't really force, but it was, you know, the the whole abusive manipula- manipulation thing. Um, and I broke it off with the, that guy, um, but that didn't last for long. Then it became more of a... I'm secretly seeing him. My husband is tracking my phone, um, doing crazy things like leaving my phone in my car so I can see him. And eventually it just became too much to where I just ended it with my husband. I, I, I told him uh, one day when he had me, we were out to dinner and he was, you know, this was after I had confessed and he knew that I had been having a sexual relationship with this man. And it was a couple months after that. And, um, I was still seeing him. He didn't know, but I knew I was going to be ending it. It was just a matter of time. I was actually waiting for the holidays to be over. And um, he said something to me about moving. He wanted to move and get me out of here. Like he just wanted to remove me from here. Um, And uh, that's when I, I just, I, and I can't even remember what he said. And I just was like, I'm done. And I got up and started walking down the streets and I, and um, telling him it was over. And he's like chasing me down the street. And I'm like, it's over. And um, yeah, that was, that was the, that was the first separation. Um, he left. What he did though, was the next morning he sat all of my children down and I didn't know he was going to do this, but he told them, started crying and crying and telling them that mom is in love with someone else. Oh, that's low. That's low. Yeah. Oh, that's low. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he's off in the yeah. other room with the babysitter. Exactly. Oh, that's low. Yeah. That's low. So he's immediately trying to get yeah. your kids to feel like you messed this whole thing up. Yeah, he threw me under the bus. Now, did they buy yeah, it, or were your I mean, kids? Did your kids sense that he was? Was he? How was he with the kids? How was he? Did they know he? Were he, they scared of him too? Or well, one of my daughter, my second daughter, is in a way. Um, she's the one who was most abused by him. I think um, he's not. I wouldn't call him abusive with with the, with the kids at all. He's himself. I mean, they just know him as that's dad and that's the kind of thing he says or the kind of thing he does. But he tries, I believe, to to be a good father to them. And I stopped him. I stopped him from doing the whole you're stupid, you're dumb thing, um, I believe. I mean, I don't think he does it anymore. Um, But he was doing that with them quite a bit. He would, uh, 
know, helping them with homework or something and end up saying things like, you're so stupid or you're so dumb. And this is a cultural thing. Um, Indian, he's Indian, I'll say that. And I am not. <laughs> but he's Indian and um, they grow up being, well, in his family anyway, I don't want to generalize things, but um, if you're getting help with homework and it's not, it's not uncommon to be slapped across the face if you get something wrong or you don't understand something. So that's, you know, so he thinks it's okay. He thinks it's okay to, to abuse in that way. Like you're not getting this, this homework problem. How could you be so stupid? You know, that kind of thing. Um, I tried to get him to stop doing that. Um, but I have a old, my oldest daughter doesn't see anything wrong with this. And she has a lot of his personality characteristics, unfortunately. And I'm being told by my therapist, both of them now have told me they think he's bipolar. I, I don't know. He's not going to get any therapy or treatment. He's this just not his thing, but that is a possibility. And now I'm dealing, but my oldest daughter actually has now asked to see a therapist which is a breakthrough because I couldn't get her to do it. She would go to group therapy with her sisters, um, but she is recently, 16 years old, has said, I think I need to start seeing someone. I've been doing some research. I've been feeling this way for about four years. Something is not right, and I think I, need to, I might need to go on medication. And this is a daughter who refused to talk to anybody for a while, but yeah. she's extremely bright. Um, and like her father in, 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 in a way, but... Like she, she knew all the countries on the globe before she was two. So does he, thing. Uh, and she learned how to read when she was three. Go on. Do you have, does he, does he, uh, so, so you, uh, you've left him. Are you, and are you divorced? Is it an official yeah. divorce? No, we're separated. He's dragging his feet on that one. Um, does he still come around was, because of the girls? No, I, he's. He's in the city. I am living about an hour. Um, how far am I from the city? About an hour, 15 minutes, an hour and a half from the city. And I drive them, I drive them in to see him. He won't drive to pick them up. I have to take them to see them. And he sees them every weekend, like from Saturday afternoon to Sunday afternoon, basically. Um, um, what was your question? I'm sorry. Basically, <laughs> he's still involved, and it sounds like he is every weekend. He, he is every weekend. He sees them, um, and they, they have no problem going to see him. My second daughter, which I was getting to, um, when she was, she's had the hardest time with him. He does not get her personality, and what's funny is that he says to me quite often, she's just like you. She's so thin-skinned like you. Like she has your exact personality. Like it's a horrible thing. <laughs> and, um, but she's, um, she does not really like to go there because when she goes there, his apartment is a complete mess and she's the only one who cleans up. And she, he doesn't take out the garbage. He has like garbage sitting all over the place and, she says it smells and it's hot and she just doesn't want to be there. And, um, 
also they just don't have the greatest relationship. She's the one who, when she was about two years old, she's sitting at the table and she's eating um, or refusing to eat. And he couldn't stand this and he slapped her across the face so hard she fell off of her chair. And of course, I'm looking at him in disbelief because I couldn't believe what I was just seeing. Like, just two. Um, but he just, it was like she was the one that was chosen to abuse because there was a couple of instances of things he did with her. Um, and I don't know if it's because she reminded him the most of me, which is still messed up. I don't, like, I, am I not supposed to, am I, am I not the one he's supposed to be loving? Like, why is it that, I, I don't know. I, he did all sorts of crazy things that I think came from his relationship with his mother. His mother was kind of a whack job, too, and um, would slap him across the face if he didn't eat. Um, but, you know, that's where he got that from. But um, she would yell at people. Um in public, like if they were at a restaurant and she wasn't satisfied with the service or some, the waiter made her tea wrong, she would be very loud and embarrassing and make a big, you know, stink about everything. And what he would do to me in public sometimes is instigate a fight, blame me for it, lecture me for hours about how I embarrass him in public. Well, he caused that to happen, that he would he would egg me on into a fight and then make me feel as if I had done all that. And I'm this crazy person who just, like, embarrassed him in public. And I really think that was him punishing his mother. Now, what? Anyway. I'll, I'll say a couple of things, if I may, because this one's getting dark. Yeah. You know this is a dark story, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> So yes, first thing, and I don't mean to laugh. I laugh nervously all the time. But go and ahead. what can you do if there's anybody who's a bigger proponent of you got to find a way to laugh? It's me. But it's uh, it's a lot to digest. Hearing about him hitting a kid, yeah, that's on top of hearing about all the stuff he pulled with you. It's 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 a lot. I want to say I'm yeah. I'm glad to hear you're in therapy. I'm glad to hear you're trying to sort this out with people. I'm glad your uh, your older daughter is vocalizing that, and it sounds like you're uh, protecting her. And I'm a guy on a phone who's known you for 39 minutes. What do we got to do to finalize this divorce and make it so this person is not around you or your daughters anymore? Is that a thing that's in play? Is that actions you're trying to take? I think that's a question a lot of us have been asking and are probably uh, really rooting for. We'll hear the answer to that question after our uh, next uh, round of ads. We've got uh, sponsors. Check out what they have to offer. We'll be back right after this with more phone call. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. If you're ready to start your new business, make it stand out with Squarespace. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website. Showcase your work, blog, or publish content. Even sell products and services of all kinds. Just a few clicks. Customize everything from the look to the feel, settings, products. Use those beautiful templates that I mentioned before. They make it so easy. Plus, Everything's optimized for mobile right out of the box, and that is key. That's key right there. You got to have the mobile devices all set up, and you can use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. Best of all, nothing to install or patch or upgrade. 
ever, okay? They make it easy, which is great for a guy like me. Though if you do have a question, Squarespace has an award-winning 24-7 customer support. It's there to help. Future's coming. Make it brighter with Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code CG to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code CG. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now let's finish off the phone call. What do we got to do to finalize this divorce and make it so this person is not around you or your daughters anymore? Is that a thing that's in play? Is that actions you're trying to take? Yes. I'm going um, to, the, after the uh, holidays, I'm going to approach him and say it has to get done. I've been nice. I, I've been too nice. Um, he's trying to get another company off the ground, and um, that's his excuse that he's super busy and just does not have time to to do it. Um, and of course, he's going to try to. Um, I mean, the the first time we we went through this because we separated, but the first time I went back to him just to be punished for another year because I guess I hate my life. I don't know why I should do that. But, um, and I left him a second time. But the first time around, he convinced me not to get a lawyer. He had his lawyer. He claimed to save money. I don't need a lawyer. Everybody's telling me that's a horrible idea. You need a lawyer. And I'm like, why? We spend all this money. I can save money if I don't get a lawyer. Why do I really need a lawyer? I don't, I had this feeling I just didn't deserve one really. And he was making me feel like I didn't. Well, I'm past that. I no longer believe I, I, that I definitely am going to get a lawyer. He's going to try to talk me out of it, but that's ridiculous. Of course I need a lawyer, (laughs) but I'm, I'm, I'm shivering because I left the house and sitting in my car so I'm going to go back in, but I'm I'm not I'm on the phone. <laughs> yeah, no, go back in the house. The dogs and the kids. It's it's freezing. Yeah, it got <laughs> very it got very cold where I am today as well. Very cold. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, hello, puppies. Hello. Nah. I accidentally had two of the kids with me today. Um. Um, because the the older two went to see their dad, um, yeah, and and the other two are staying with me because they had a couple of days off from school, and so, um, so yes, the divorce after the first of the year after the holidays, I'm definitely approaching um, him with with that, uh, basically saying this is something that needs to get done. I need to be free of you. Um, yeah, and you need to have lawyers in place. Are there people who who else is in your? Are there people in your life right now that you lean on? Are there, do you have friends, um, family, people people who are getting your back friends. on this? Well, I have no family around here. Um, I have a really awesome babysitter who's worked for me since for nine years, who helps me out still. Not that person I was. Yeah, not this, about. is that is she still around? Is this person like is are, is he still dating her? Oh no. No, oh, good. She he tried to, but that ended very quickly, very badly. Um, yeah, when we broke up the first time, he tried to date her. Um, that did not work out. Yeah. Um, so you have a babysitter, you have a, more of a support system? Yeah, I have a boyfriend, the same guy who I was having 
the affair with, hey. divorced his wife. Uh, we made it back to each other. Um, he's great. Um, so he had been married to as well when you guys were hooking up. Yes. Um, yes. He, but his, he was in a miserable, um, marriage as well. And, um, and he ended that. And, um, it's like a mountain goat song. We're just trying to figure out how to have a healthy relationship with each other. basically. <laughs> uh, but I, the first time around, the first time I, I, um, left my husband and, you know, my kids were told your mother's having an affair with this guy. And, um, I, I had no intention of introducing my girls yet to this person. Cause I didn't know where it was going to go. Well, then I had getting calls from him, from, from my husband saying the girls want to meet him. Why haven't they met him yet? I'm like, what the hell? Okay. Like, so suddenly I'm thrust with, it's kind of like it moved way too quickly. And I don't know if that was another tactic of his, I have no idea, but I actually got pregnant, um, uh, within two weeks. It's a complete accident. With um, the new guy? With the new guy. During the affair or after, you, yeah. after he broke up and you guys after, got together? After I broke up with my, after the first time that I separated from my husband, um, it just, I found out I was pregnant within the next month. I found out that I was pregnant. It was definitely uh, the new guys. Um and at first we were like, what the hell? This is really bad timing. I should just go get an abortion. And, but actually that's what he was thinking. I was thinking, yeah, it's bad timing, but I don't want to get an abortion. And I don't know. I have to sit on this. Well, I, I went to 13 weeks. Um, and um, the reason that, what happened there was um, my husband was still being difficult, um, calling, texting me every once in a while. It was very, you know, very abusive texts about what I had done to him and, and all this stuff. And um, and that kind of was waning a little bit. And I was like going through a lot of my um, stuff at the house because I was going to have to move out. And, um, of the house. And I started to come, come across lots of things that was making me feel very guilty and awful. And I called my husband one day just to check on how he was doing. And he saw that as me feeling bad. And, and as like, maybe she's going to change her mind. And he started calling me all the time and showing up at the house and to get him to get to to go away, I decided maybe I should tell him about this pregnancy and that I'm going through with it and um, that he needs to move on because I'm moving on and I'm going to do this. And um, well, that was, that was such a bad idea because uh, um, once I told him about that, it became all about how I'm ruining the girl's lives. He was sending me articles about how 
the baby was going to be autistic because of my age and because of my boyfriend's age and um, just calling my friends and telling them that they had talked sense into me. And um, it just became too much. And I woke up one day and felt no connection to the new person I was with and was very unsure about what I was doing and um, decided I had to give it one more shot. And I went back to him. But it was pure, just torture for a year. He just was, um, basically, it was just punished, just wanted to punish me for for what I had done. Um, I, within the first month I went back to him, he had, he, <laughs> it was just, I don't know, Chris, I don't know where <laughs> the abortion itself was just a painful experience. I'm still healing from that, feeling terrible about it, feeling incredibly guilty about it, but also knowing it may have been the right choice. Um, but for, you know, my boyfriend who had never had a child, it was, um, he, he had become very attached to this baby and me waking up one day just not just not knowing not being sure anymore and feeling very afraid that i was making a very horrible mistake um he begged me to go to the ultrasound that was already scheduled and i did to find out that it was a boy hold on one second Still on the phone. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it's a just another thing to heal from, I guess. Wow. So, um, so I went back um, within the first. So it was close to Valentine's Day when I went back. Well, my husband had already made a, had a girlfriend who he had Valentine's Day um, uh, plans with. So he told me he was going to be keeping those Valentine's Day plans. Oh, come and, um, on. And I just remember, I know, I know, I know. I don't, I, I, and he made me believe that me even being upset about that was, just ridiculous because of what I had done to him. He couldn't just, and it was just not nice to cancel plans with her when she was expecting to have this. And like, I know that makes no sense now, but at the time, and I knew it made no sense then, but I, so I'm sitting there times day watching TV, still pregnant and going just, I don't know. I, this is how brainwashed I was. Just so. <laughs> to now, to me, to the me today, that makes no sense. Uh, but I was still like under his spell in a way, or I was like, I had been so manipulated. I'm being with this person since I was 18. I just didn't know what it meant to have a normal relationship with someone. I didn't know what that was. 
so so where I am in my life right now is basically it's like doing all I'm doing all this now like figuring out what it means to have a healthy relationship because I never had it I didn't even have it with my parents so it's like it's not easy because everything I question everything I wonder if things are is this real is that real um I even went through a phase where I was just being way too attached to my current boyfriend and driving him crazy because I didn't know how to be, I don't know who I am. So I'm not okay being alone with myself, which is what I, I need to learn who I am. You know, who, who am I? <laughs> so, and I'm 43 and I have no freaking clue. And this new, the, this new guy, he's a good guy. He's a very good guy. He's so patient with me. He knows what I've been through. Um, he forgave me for all that crap that went down because he knew it really wasn't me. Um, and yeah, he loves me. I love him. And just trying to No, And what, what's really nice is that you know, the dark cloud that I used to experience with my husband. Now I just feel like whenever he's around, I am just, it just feels good. He just make, he makes me happy. So. That's a good. And, but that's a, when, that's go a, ahead. What a good, that's a good, simple thing to have. It's but, simple. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. It's really funny that you were in my dream last night and you were driving me around in a car. I was just in a pink bunny suit. <laughs> exactly. With the hood down. So. <laughs> you know, when you started with that, I was like, man, this call, pretty weird. It's going to be a pretty weird call. I had no, I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea what I was in for. Yeah. 53 of the most intense minutes of my we entire only, life. We 50, it's been 53 minutes. Wow. Yeah, we got seven okay. minutes left. And it's 53 minutes, intense minutes of my life. I just heard about it. You lived through it for years. I'm so, I'm so sorry about everything you just said. I'm so sorry about all 53 minutes. But I'm so happy to hear that you're still fighting you found a good guy and that you, all your girls are together and that, that he, it sounds, yeah. sounds like he didn't manage to I think, turn the mania permanently. I think the, oh no, they, they, they're the best. I don't know how else to, to describe them other than to say they are four wonderful girls who I think the most important thing I can teach them right now is to, you know, if someone's making you feel bad, that's not okay. There's nothing okay about feeling bad about yourself. And if you're with someone who's making you feel bad about yourself, you can leave them. You can bad go. It's not it. normal. It's not normal. It's not normal for someone to be mean to you. So that's what I'm trying to convey to them now, which I never would have been able to done if I had stayed with, with, uh, my husband, because I thought it was okay. 
Well, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you're, you're taking the second chance and that you realize that. And you keep saying I'm 43 and 43, but I tell you in 2017, they can still be very young. And I'm glad you're giving yourself a yeah. chance to have a whole other era of life. I think that's really great. Yeah. Do they ever come around? To, have, yeah. have any of the girls ever turned around and been like, hey, so uh, let's deal with that babysitter we have. Have they brought it up? <laughs> no. Uh, I think they must know something was strange. Um because there were so many, there was one fight in particular in Disney. Oh, um, you just took wait. the happiest place and said, and framed it in those fight. Okay, <laughs> so you're in Disney. The babysitter's there. Right. There, we, we have um, two bedrooms. And um, um, so the girls are all in one bedroom. And we're, there's like a living area and then another bedroom. And then. She was sleeping on a like a, one of those rollout beds in the living area, and then there was Mom and Dad's bedroom. And um, she, we had this huge fight where they had to have heard what we were saying. But I was, you know, I don't know. When I think back, I, you know, one thing you talk about in your book a lot, which I really relate to, by the way, is anger. And the amount of the amount of anger I had by the end of all this, oh my god, oh my god, it was it was I would turn into a monster. Like I could not control myself sometimes, and I would just yell and scream. And even though I know my kids were like in the other room, it didn't matter to me. Like I was, yeah. I was. Uh, it was out of control. I was that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this though, because you said, mentioned this anger. You mentioned something before, and we 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 haven't talked about it. And the last thing I want to do mm -hmm. is encourage violence or promote violence as a positive thing. Yeah. But you mentioned that you popped this guy a couple times. Yeah. How, what's the first time like of that like? Because he's very controlling emotionally, but you said yeah. it never got physical. And you said actually you turn it that way. The first time you haul off and just give this guy a. a Smack or a punch? What what happens? Um, he hit me back. He hit uh, me back. Actually, what a son of a I'm trying bitch. to think of the first time. I think the first time may have been as recent as when all that stuff was happening with in the last two years with with that uh, with the babysitter. So that that we your anger and this violence was a big part of why you started to realize this is this is. This is way be like bad. It sounded like a situation mm -hmm. that you knew was bad for a very long time, but it sounds like that might have helped before I glorify and go, what about when you punched him? It sounds like that type of stuff was the type of thing that made you realize, oh, this is going to end really poorly. Yeah. 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 I think that whole situation, I mean, I'd already had, you know, anger management issues in a way. Um, but this really sent me over the edge and I just became a very angry person. Um, and yes, I, I became, <clears throat> he would say monster-like, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, I could not control my anger at all. I would, I would erupt and um, start hitting him and yeah, and I, I'm not proud of it. It's, uh, it's, I don't even recognize that person really when I think back on it now. 
I don't recognize that person who used to do that. I don't know. It, it's like it became something else there for a little while. Um, yeah. But I've been told that a lot of this is like PTSD. Um, of course. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really glad you're talking I've with had, people who can help you sort it out. I'm really glad you got yeah. out of there. And I hope you keep pulling your, I hope you keep dragging yourself and your girls out of there even further. Yeah. And I hope you I never go back to I still tend to go to, to very him. dark places, so. Oh, yeah. hell no. No, it's so, so over. You say you go to dark places. So. I think that, of course, of course. I mean, that's going to last a long time, right? Yeah. That's yeah. So I've been told it's going to take a while for me to, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be okay, and then I'll go to the dark places. And then I start self-diagnosing myself. I read up on things. I'm like, am I manic-depressant? Like, do, do I have manic depression? And I'm told it's probably just PTSD. <laughs> okay, but I, I feel crazy. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> whatever. the dark place is my head. It's whatever, you know, whatever name or label you want to stick on it, you're doing the right thing by trying to be open about it and work on it. we got 30 seconds yeah. left. Can I just That's say. That's it? Oh, my yeah. God. And I just want to say thank you for sharing. It was awful grim, but I'm glad that you're on the other side of it. And if you're ever tempted to go back to the guy. You think of me in a car driving you away from him. That's what that dream was about. It was me driving you in the other direction from that guy. That's what that dream was. Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, Chris. And I send you all my love and luck to you and your girls, and I hope everything turns out okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you do. Caller, thank you so much for sharing and uh, for keeping yourself safe and keeping your kids safe and for getting away from that guy who uh, really uh, infected a lot of your life with some bad stuff. So huge congrats to you. You're inspiring, and uh, and thank you for sharing. And, and my guess is there might be some people out there in situations akin to yours that are maybe hearing your words and realizing I can get out too, and I think that that's such a beautiful thing. Thank you for it. Thank you to Jared O'Connell, to Harry Nelson in the booth. This was a, uh, for all of us, we were, a lot of shared intense eye contact as we all were rooting so hard for our caller today. Uh, thank you, fellas, as always, for getting me through this. The Reverend John Delore, Greta Cohn, built this show in the early days. Shell Shack, thank you for the intro music. Want to know about me when I'm on the road? Oh, who cares? On a day like this, who cares? You go, it's chrisgeth.com. Who cares? Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, but really, who cares? Hug the people you love. Cash is easy to lose, and checks take a while to clear. Thankfully, there's Zelle, a new way to send money to your friends and family from your banking app. Once you're enrolled, the money moves right between almost any U.S. bank accounts and typically arrives in minutes. Plus, it's backed by major banks, which means you can send money confidently. Just go to zellpay.com to learn more. Zelle, this is how money moves. Z-E-L-L-E-P-A-Y dot com. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, someone who looks death in the eye as her job tells us what it's like at the very end. Done with work by like two and I can get to the gym before it gets crowded. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not all like doom and gloom, like, you know, watching people die. We can be honest. We can be honest. 
There's days where you come in mm-hmm. and you're like, yes, everybody's asleep. Nobody's even dying. And then you just go to the gym. Yeah. I mean, then I still have to do like the paperwork and stuff, but yeah, 100%. Ah, isn't it amazing that the human condition, I don't care what your job is, how unique or exciting or serious it is, every once in a while you're like, I don't, what do I got to do to not do this shit today? Everybody, everybody has Yeah, yeah. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Earwolf is now on the Amazon Echo. They just released a new skill for the Echo smart speaker called Daily Earwolf. Now you can ask Alexa to play the funniest moments from your favorite Earwolf shows. Just download the Daily Earwolf skill from Amazon Skill Store. And if you're a fan of Hello from the Magic Tavern, and who isn't, you can also download Magic Tavern Adventure. <gasps> that sounds wonderful. It's a special interactive episode we did of Hello from the Magic Tavern where you can affect the choices we make in the podcast. <laughs> I don't think anyone can affect my choices. I want an interactive. No, Chunt, interact. It, it just means that. Yeah, I want an interactive. Where's the door? So if you're listening to this right now and you want to say, Chunt, I wish you were not having this misunderstanding, you could yell that at your Amazon on Echo, and it would happen. Finally, you, dear listener, can help us choose our own adventure. Download these awesome new skills, and remember, you can play any Earwolf podcast right from your Echo. New skills, time to level up. New skills, time to level up. Level, level up. I'm bad at being an Echo. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.